Hey everybody, this is Atkins. And this is Adam. And we are coming at you even before our like introduction music rolls to episode 140 of the AMP, because we're excited about some stuff, and we want to say thank you. Um, so if if you're unaware, uh, the Spotify wrapped uh, Apple Replay, etc., etc., has come out, and people are sharing those things on Twitter. Uh, I reached out to Adam after seeing another podcast share theirs, and I said, hey, do we do we have one of them things? And he said, yes. So he shot me a link, and we we both have seen the stats for this year, um, which are amazing, and we'll get to that They're in a second. Super incredible, yeah. But uh, I took the time to go back and look up last year's Spotify Wrapped numbers, at least some of them. Um, and Adam hasn't done that comparing, and I wanted to kind of get his reaction to the difference between 2022 and 2023 for the AMP. So, Adam, are you seated? I am seated, but before we move forward, if you happen to skip our intro music, because I know I do that with the podcasts I listen to, go back a little bit, because Adkins has got some cool stuff to talk about, and <laughs> we don't want you to miss anything. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we had a long debate before we clicked record about where to put this, uh, and we finally, some people just skip the intros, I guess, uh, but we're going to go longer than 20 seconds anyway. Yeah. Um, so if you're seated, are you, are you fastened to your seat with a belt of some sort? <gasps> Well, I'll tell you, I had a heavy dinner, so does that count? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll allow it. So, um, in 2022, the AMP was heard in a grand total of editor insert drum roll here. Actually, I'm I'm the editor, and I'm much too lazy <laughs> to do that, so uh, we're not going to do that. But in 2022, we were listened to or heard in 33 countries, which is still amazing. Yeah. Uh, 2023, 51. Wow, uh, we we are, we've been heard in seventeen additional countries. If my math is not poor, which I could be faulted for at times. <laughs> uh, beyond that, uh, our top five countries have changed. Uh, last year, we were our top five was the U.S., the U.K., India, Finland, and Canada. Uh, Canada has charged into the third spot. Uh, so now we are U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia. Thanks, Mike. Uh, not. Me, Mike, the other Mike. That would be weird if I was thinking of myself. There's another no one, Mike no in the No one knows AMP. you as Mike. Everyone yeah, knows you as yeah, Mike in the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's another uh, Mike in the BPN. Uh, and then the Netherlands rounds out our top five. Wow. The Netherlands and Finland. That, that Those are two countries that, for some reason, I wouldn't expect. But that's awesome. Yeah. So then we get into the, the really mind-blowing numbers, in my opinion. So last year, 2022, we were in the top 10 podcasts of 419 people. Um, and I remember being super excited about that. Oh yeah. I mean, did, why wouldn't we be? That's yeah, amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do nothing to promote this podcast. So, <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, that anybody finds us at all is mind boggling. So 2022, 419, 2023, 1,235. Dang. Almost like what? 600, almost 600 extra people. That's incredible. Yeah. We basically tripled. Uh, yeah. Wow. And that that uh, tripling is going to hold. So 2022, we were in top five for 305. Uh, 2023, 952. Wow! Wow, man. And then we are the we were the number one podcast in 2022 for 93 people. In 2023, we are the number one podcast for 309 people. Dang, man. And wow. this is 309 people. Thank you, everyone. Like, that is incredible. Those numbers make me so happy. I've got a huge smile on my face. Yeah. And that's just Spotify. Um, I have no way to access like 
an Apple think replay iTunes or anything even does like that. that, do they? They have something called Apple Replay, I think. Um, I think it's similar, but I have no idea. I don't honestly. Ninety kind of percent of our listeners are from Spotify, anyways. Right, so right. Not that I'm bashing the ten percent that listen on Apple. I just, <laughs> yeah, it, it was amazing when Spotify podcast came out. I remember seeing like an immediate shift almost in all of our numbers going straight to Spotify. It was really wild. Yeah, we've seen insane growth year over year, um, and we're we're honored, we're flattered, we're flabbergasted. Yeah. Yeah, no joke. Uh, and we wanted to do something to recognize that. Uh, so what what we've decided to do is hold a little end of year giveaway. So if you're listening and you can show us uh, that the AMP showed up in your Spotify wrapped or your Apple replay or whatever, your podcatcher does something similar where it gives you uh, stats for what you've listened to the most over the year and the AMP is on it. Take a picture of that. Tweet it to us at AlmightyPod, uh, and that will just gain you a quick entry. Um, we'll run this all the way through the end of December, uh, and then in early January, uh, on the first episode that we record in 2024, uh, we will uh, basically spin the wheel and reach out to somebody, and we will send you a care package of hand-selected items from Adam and I um, that is based around your favorite character from My Hero. Um, yeah. So, you know, it could be a shirt or a figure, or, you know, coaster. We, we've got some ideas, but we we will we will send that to you. Uh, so we'll reach out and get your shipping address. But uh, yeah, we want to do something to celebrate because it seems those numbers are, are definitely laudable and something that we wanted to celebrate along with and for y'all as we look forward to even more growth in 2024. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to think about where we came from, dude. Like, I remember, what, four or five years ago, sitting in a dark basement recording our first episode, and I think we both said something like, man, if five people listen to this, we'll be happy. Right. <laughs> to know that, you know, a thousand people have us in their top 10 and 300 people in their top, like, number one, I, I just, I'm humbled, man. That's a, such an incredible feeling, and I just uh, really appreciate everyone out there that listens. Yeah, we saw triple-digit growths in uh, new followers and streams. Uh, yeah, downloads like this year 488 percent this year yeah and month to month our most listened to episode continues to be actually our re-recording of episode one um that came yeah. up twice in our spotify and what's even cooler uh and i will share this to uh the twitter once 140 goes live is part of the spotify wrapped is uh it gives us a snapshot of how our podcast was shared uh, and those numbers are large too. Fifty-three yeah. percent by direct link, twenty-eight percent by text, eleven percent in WhatsApp, six percent on Facebook, and two percent other. Um, and we've said for years, go back and check the tape, uh, that the only reason why anybody listens to us is because you're inviting them to do that. Um, Adam right. and I do not do anything to promote this um, outside of tweeting on our page. So if we're heard, it's because of y'all, and we want to thank you. And this is one way that we're looking to do that. Absolutely. We appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, we're happy that you're here, part of the community. And it's it's crazy to think that people are like texting our episodes to someone else. I don't think I've ever texted anybody a podcast. So that just makes me giddy in of itself. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume that what they're doing is they're listening on mobile and they click share and shoot it to somebody. That has to be what's going on, right? That and WhatsApp. I don't even use WhatsApp. So I that that shocks me too. But man, super, super cool. Super cool. Yeah. And there's there's all the chance, Adam, just to just to keep us humble, there's all the chance in the world that somebody's sharing episode one and being like, listen to these dumbasses." Oh, uh, I assume, but hey, sharing <laughs> is sharing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, join the contest. Uh, hit us up on Twitter with those pictures at AlmightyPod. While you're there, go ahead and visit the pinned tweet. Join us in the Discord. That community is growing and thriving as well. Um, apart from that, 
we again just verbally want to thank you for, I don't know, the 12th or 13th time just in the last eight minutes. Uh, and we will now return you to the regularly scheduled content for Almighty Podcast Episode 140, where Mark and I cover two more team-up missions. And you might be surprised to hear this, but one of them is actually good. So Ooh. enjoy that, and we will catch up with you guys not in the not-too-distant future with another next episode week. of Kyo Cinema. Yeah, I'll be back in with next week with Kyle Cinema. We're covering the next GT movie. We're the only GT movie, which I've heard is absolutely Thank horrendous. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you later. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hey everybody, this is Atkins, and I'm joined once again by Batman Beyond Mark. Yo, what up? Yo, what up indeed. We are sitting down once again to cover more Team Up Missions, Volume 4, specifically Team Up, quote-unquote, Missions 20 and 21. Um, they play loose and fast with the terms again. Oh, I would, I, I'll say this. Despite any feelings I have for 20, uh, I would qualify it as a Team Up Mission, if for no other reason than... Not nepotism, but uh, uh, definitely somebody abusing the system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and there are, in fact, teams, like legit straight-up teams in 21. And in addition uh, to just the fast and looseness they play with the, the you know name of the book and whatnot, 21 is actually kind of fun. Like, a lot of fun, maybe, especially relative to its neighbors. So I'm excited to talk about that, but we do have to start with, I guess we don't have to start with 20, but it just makes the most sense. It would be strange so. if we didn't. Yeah. It gives us, leaving 21 for later gives us something to look forward to. If we did 21 <laughs> first, there's a good chance you and I could talk ourselves out of covering it at all. <laughs> oh, oh, so, I would. Uh, let's, let's jump right into mission number 20. It is called Creator's File. Um, and it does open with a, a really neat, I will give it this much credit, if if not much more throughout the rest of the uh, the coverage of the chapter. The little two-page spread um, with, this has got uh, Momo, Ma, uh, May, and Kaminari. And Momo is throwing out the little Russian Matryoshka nesting dolls that all bear the vestiges of, like, the physical, or the, the like, the faces and the costumes of various members of Class 1A. And it's kind of awesome. I really liked this. But ironically, it's the best like two pages of this chapter. And I, I, I know that sounds facetious, <laughs> but these are really good. I even like the little Aizawa that she's in the process of producing. I thought that the Mineta one is maybe my favorite. It just looks ridiculous. It does. It does. And I love pretty much everything that has Mei in it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Mei Hatsume. But uh, even her presence in this chapter isn't enough to quite put it over any kind of mediocre ridge for me so yes. let's uh let's jump into it why don't you start us off here uh, i'm gonna start with the the first sentence this is our first yeah. team up mission in quite some time yep <laughs> oh, uh, man. oh they're 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 they, they're, they they're the cognizant thing. of it and yeah i'm not sure yeah. if that's great or if that's a problem well it is momo kaminari in may um as featured on the the, the like title page uh and they have been 
dispatched to the agency of the Martial Hero Colon Black Belt. Somebody that uh, Kaminari's never heard of, even though apparently he's been uh, like a longtime hero, his 10-year veteran yes. of active service. Also, um, strange that May has been sent out. Yeah. Like, she doesn't, like, at least the other two have, like, their... Um, provisional licenses. Provisional licenses. Uh, we don't know a lot about the accreditation and the basically the process of being uh, certified to make support equipment right. professionally. Uh, but what we do know is that it, even as good as May is, as a first year, none of her stuff would be able to be used in the f- fields. Like, I mean, we've, we've seen stuff that she was used, but technically those were collaborations with her professor, and they went through her professor right. with her having uh, a credit on it. Like, a, like a, she was the main developer of this. I then made sure it wasn't going to kill anybody and validated it. Then it could go to be used. There's not, there's not that in between here. I would argue, though, that Kaminari is the odd person out in this little trio. Um, not for the reason that you're citing, which is an in-world reason, so much as that like he contributes not very much at all to this team-up, where like, given an extension cord, this chapter could have gone the exact same way if it was oh, no, just Because you May. see, I see this, I saw this group when I was going in, and I'm like, okay, you have the person who designs, you have the person who creates, and you have the person who is the literal power source. Okay, I see what's going on here. Then I wish they did something with that as like a full dynamic. Yeah, they don't really. You just have Kaminari be the, the like hype man and then occasionally put some electric uh, electricity into something. But like, then again, like a drop cord does the same yes. thing. So he felt like the weakest link. The other two make all of he, the sense. He's also as far there as so that they can perform violence on a guy and they don't have to do it to a to a to a girl. Sure, I can. I understand that too. Let's uh, let's talk about this black belt guy. Yes. What are your impressions of this guy? Yeah, very interesting design. He has a a gimmick that he's not very consistent with, and they and and the students comment on it. Even they're like, like, oh, his his like, be sure he's not a newbie. His stick his stick is all over the place, and I'm very interested to know what his um in the original Japanese what they were trying to do with it. Because I see, I see what they're doing in the English, and I'm like, okay, they're trying to give an approximation of what it would be, because he, he very much has some very like flamboyant, I wouldn't say Thor speak, but... I took it as almost like um, enlightened uh, speech. Yes, trying to do something like that with the occasional verilies. So, like, instead of saying I, he tries to substitute this one, which is almost like a detached way of talking about yourself... Um, not, not as a narrator, really, because that would be really weird, too. But uh, whatever it is that he's trying to accomplish, if there is a term for it, he, he's not good at it, whatever it is. <laughs> and he understands that, too. I think, I think at some point he says that he's, he's trying to, to make this stick happen because nothing else seems to be garnering him the attention that he believes his quirk deserves. Well, it's, it's not even that he believes his quirk deserves, that he believes he should get as a hero. Because, yeah. um, like, like for instance, we, I mean, we get a little bit of his backstory. So he's pretty much like, oh, yes, no, I want to be one of them. But what we find out is part of the problem is that he, he kind of has two problems, even to the point where it's like, oh, he's trying too hard, which they even call cringe. Um, right. Like, directly call cringe. 
or he's actually just a little bit too good at what he does. Um, yes. As we see with uh, when pretty much coming out, he's like, okay, show me your actual thing. Um, and the guy's like, are, are you prepared for it? Okay. And then he's like, go ahead. And then he just, he just what appears to be chops him once, and Kaminari is down. He is down, and he is, he is completely out. And it is explained that Black Belt's quirk is fast fist, um, and that he basically uses it to chop people in, uh, like, a pressure point. Um, and it just doesn't have the kind of showy... Uh, elements that a lot of other heroes quirks do so he's too efficient it's like he he gets the job done before anybody can see him do it um and there so there's no spectacle to him and therefore he even uh brings up the fact that like he he doesn't even uh come close to like making the billboard yep. charts um on the and, <laughs> on and the I, heroes. I will, as, as a legitimate fair enough to this chapter uh at this point like he's told us what it does he hasn't explained everything, and at this point you're like, fast fist, okay, so he can chop, he, he chopped him once really fast, and admittedly took him down, because he hit a pressure point. Okay, that's interesting, like, it's efficient, like, we see how efficient it is, even Kamen, as I said, even Kamenari is like, oh my god, like, if you got the jump on anybody, it's all over. Like, to the point where it's almost like he's suggesting, it's like, you need to be more of an Aizawa, you need to be more like a racer head, and be an ambush hero because oh my god no you there are much stronger villains out of your league that you could just put down if you ambush them right but he black belt is not interested in that he he's really wanting to catch the public's eye um and he gets frustrated too as we will we'll see shortly um kind of after they do some some um what's the some making over of him um with different uh support items he he's he's frustrated because he has this certain moniker that is facetious. It's like tongue yeah. in cheek in the public eye because he says that he's doing one thing, but they see something else. And yeah. so there is a visual disparity um, where wherein truth lies. And he he's trying to overcome that because he hasn't been able to sort out. And, th and that's kind of one of my issues, I guess, um, with with this particular chapter um it is explained a little when he's like yeah I, I get the jobs done so fast that like nobody nobody's taking out their camera phones no news crews Which are around when i do is, this stuff. uh like to its credit and i i feel like i'm trying i'm defending this chapter i'm really not but they're actually playing to the lore because that, that's the thing <laughs> that's the thing we hear a lot is that we were like oh wow you have a really impressive powerful quirk and they're like yeah but it's not flashy it it and if I want to be a big right. hero, I need to have something flashy. And the thing we've learned about, not all, like the, the top 10 heroes are like the top, I'd say 30 heroes are kind of the exception to this. But if you have like a big flashy quirk, most of the time, there are people with less flashy quirks that are infinitely more powerful. Like there, there are exceptions. Yes. Obviously, like some of the like Endeavor, that's a very flashy quirk. He is ridiculously powerful. All Might. That's right. a very flashy quirk. And he is the top of the power meta. Stuff like that. But then, but then you see like this guy, who it's like, yeah, I could just walk up to them and chop them and they're done. Which leads me to the question. We know that this guy survives the, like, when, like, the, against the um, uh, Shiggy and the Cool crew. Um, 
which I'm not sure if anybody listening to this podcast would understand what that is. The the, the Liberation Front. That's Shiggy and the Cool Crew. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you think that after everything else, he was one of the heroes that gave up? Or do you think he, he's, still, he's still fighting, uh, like, even during the No Man's Land stuff? That's, he was right on the brink uh, in, this, in this chapter of quitting anyway. But I think that he kind of gets his spark back when the truth is, is more widely known. I think Once not everybody is literally making fun of him, because I, right. I can sympathize if it's like, I've put up with this for 10 years of like, I get the job done really well, but everybody just makes fun of me. Like, I, I don't want to deal with that abuse anymore. So after a decade, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be done. That's, the, to me, that's not like a, a wimping out. That's a, I endured 10 years of abuse, and I right. think I'm done. <laughs> I think a counter question might be, do you think that given his pursuits, that like the reason why he contacted UA and had these three students sent to him? Oh, no, he didn't contact UA. He contacted the Hero Association for their team up. Because remember, this is all through the Hero Association. I know okay. we haven't dealt with that since... Since volume one, but that's why I said it's like I think he abused the system. I think he called I gotcha. them for a team up mission under false pretenses, and he was like, "I want some of these people." So, do you think though that given his given his end goals, do you think that he would make uh, Stain's kill or save list? Where do you think on the where do you think he falls in Stain's eyes? given his, his stated goals I will be honest, up until this, because cause here's the thing, him wanting to get this public attention, probably not something that he would be able to find unless you did very thorough, like, private detective kind of research. So, for, to Stain, like, what Stain on a Google search about this guy would be like, oh, everybody makes fun of him, but if you actually look at his numbers, it's pretty good. I don't think Stain would have a problem with them up until the point where he's starting to style for the camera. Yes. Because it's, it's like bef beforehand, he'd be like, uh, I mean, he's probably, he's like, I mean, he's no All Might, but I don't, like, if I'm going after him, he's pretty low on the list. Like, he seems to just be there to, to help and do his job and, and then, you know, be done. He's still doing it for money, but... Eh, eh. Yeah, I think that he makes a, a switch by, by contacting the... Um the hero's commission that would put him that, that moves him closer to being in the center of a stain ridicule is what I was. Yes. Um, I don't even know where we stopped. I, oh, we were in the, the montage of the equipment and I just want okay. to point out for some reason, um, just gun Gundam Gunpla runners. And I, and it was like, cool, C cool. Are you assembling? Are you, are you like plastic model kit assembling parts of his equipment? What, why is there a Gunpla sheet here? Complete with the little uh, little tags that tell you what what number and letter each part is. Yeah. Why is that here? I don't know. Um, maybe efficiency of creation. Which well, is it's not... it's it's only on that one thing because we see her full sail creating the parts beforehand, and then there's the one thing of the model kit, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> maybe it was just there for a visual gag for folks who even know what like how model kits typically it come. probably is it just caught me so off guard because i'm like looking at him like i feel like i've seen this kit before <laughs> why do i feel like this is a kit i've built i don't know how to feel about this 
I have not enough references to be able to identify that as one thing or another. Besides, I'm familiar with kits and even the little scissors to get them out all clean and whatnot. I'll be I'm, honest. I've been there before. I was like, okay, okay, is this, is this the, is this the wing Gundam? RG, is the the real grade wing Gundam? That's what it's reminding me of. Moving on. Um, <laughs> we get given a lot of different equipment, like right out of the gate. And we we keep insisting that Yairozu's ability is with her fat, and that's. Not it's lipids, guys. There's the difference, but whatever. Right. I, I will never let that go. And she gets she gets worn out because May keeps upscaling things. Um, uh, she keeps upscaling she's, and she's volume. An, yeah, she's an excellent. Like if she were working on commissions, she would be filthy rich because she's constantly upselling things. Oh my uh, god! So yes. she's like, well, what about this? What about that? And every time that she comes up with a new idea, she turns to Momo. Um, with, uh, you know, a list of parts that she needs. And of course, Momo uh, obliges, but it does take a toll on her. And May's quirk doesn't seem to take any kind of toll on her. Do, have we ever been told what a drawback to her Zoom quirk even is? If she has a physical drawback There's at all? probably a drawback, but it's probably like so like... Or it's like, oh, I can only see out to this distance. But given that HUD that's on the visor, I have two questions. One question is... Does that does that mean that May designed all of that stuff to be effectively analog? Because it's because yeah, Yorozu, like she would need to know programming or to to be able to produce something that already has <laughs> software installed. I would I would think I have questions how this HUD exists. I wonder if you scroll backwards, could could the the HUD, the visor, could that have been something that she, that May brought with her that that uh, Momo didn't create? That is... Um, but Momo is I there to create possible. beyond that first piece or two. Because like, we don't see Momo create that. We just have a panel where May says, all right, we got the stuff. And then in the very next scene, he's got a couple of pieces on him without any kind of creation middle step. Um, where we see that middle step for other things that he gets I, I guess it's uh, possible, with. and that is my... That is my preferential scenario, because otherwise, <laughs> that is a, like, if she can just be like, yeah, I want it to work like that, and then produce a thing, um, she just revolutionized, like, like, literally, oh, it'd be, mm, I, I don't like the implications of that, okay? I think that the visor is non-specific enough to him that she could have just brought along. Oh, no, a baby I, I agree. Or That's two. why I was just more. It's like with Yairo's. I'm like, you know? I, that is, yeah, that is a problem. If she could just do this, even even if the even if the the uh, yeah. the UI here is trash, but uh, but let, let's just say things aren't going well, and and it it keeps getting um more and more ridiculous, to to the point where he's he's like, you know what, I I think I'm done, and I think the moment where he was like, I'm done, had to do with the glowing in the dark. Or they just they're just literally turning him into a light bulb. I, yes. I I genuinely don't know how Yairozu still st was still conscious afterwards. Also, kind of rude to just destroy Kaminari to be like, okay, he's he's just a walking light bulb, and it was just it's like no, no, this isn't gonna work. Yeah, and then again, that leads to like we we see the physical drawbacks of both Kaminari and Mobo, but nothing of the sort from May ever that I can recall. Does she even use her? Work? Um, yeah. Um, in fact, oh, yeah, if you scroll does. back a couple of pages, there's a ba-bam sound oh, yep, effect, so we is. know for sure that she's actually using it. So then after he's like, y you know what? 
like I I think I'm just gonna it's just gonna go for like one more and then I'm and then I'm basically done. Oh no no, this is before. Yeah, we find out what his actual quirk is, like when they go on patrol and stuff like that. We see that pretty much the people around are friendly to him. Like they know who he is, the locals. But they do mock him a bit and they they ask because they they keep calling him a hundo hitman and he's like yeah that's that's what I'm known on line and he's like so my one chop is actually about a hundred but they they don't like hit hard enough to knock you unconscious or to hit that pressure point fully so I do like a hundred of them in the same spot and that's what just takes you down and that kind of impresses and terrifies all of that like. At least Kaminari, he's like, oh my god. And now fast hands make sense. Um, and he points out that it's like everybody thinks I'm a gimmick hero. Because they, they lit, like, you watch a clip of him and it looks like he just hit him once. And that was how it was delivered to us visually, too, in the panel so far. Um, pre prior to him actually explaining that it's 100 blows in quick succession. Yes. And then, uh, was it, yeah, Yorozu asked Hatsume, like, Oh, was your quirk not able to see it? And she's like, uh, my zoom? No. Like, it doesn't help, didn't help me see any better. Uh, and I'm like, w why would binoculars have helped see faster, Momo? Like, <laughs> right. It's a misunderstanding of her quirk. Like, I like the Momo, same thing. girl, please. Well, and the fact that all of this derision has finally started to weigh on him. And so um, when they return from the patrol, he breaks the news to the the one A, well, the, the UA students that he's thinking about just, just quitting. Uh, he says, it's been on my mind for a long time. It may just be time to hang up the belt, maybe one more job. Um, and then I'm just going to go home and do whatever my family does. And he thanks them for coming and, and trying to give him a leg up. And you could tell that if he could sort it out, what he's saying is I was hoping that I would get the spark and could overcome this, uh, this false perception um, that, that has been, uh, running rampant on the internet, but also, you know, in his neighborhood, the people were talking to him, IRL, um, calling him Hundo It, it occurs to me that's like, I think he's at, like, financially, his agency seems to be doing decently well. What gives it away to you? Oh, the fat, the building that he has. Ah. Like, we see, we see an establishing shot. It's like, it's a decent-sized, like, dojo-style building. Now, maybe he, he bought a dojo or something like that. But when we've seen, like, Mount Ladies, she's, she's just in an office building. Yeah. Like, she's just like, yeah, I've, I've rented this kind of, like, part of an office building. Whereas he's like, no, I own this building. Now, granted, he's probably not in as high of a priced area as her, but it's like, right. okay, well, he, it, it's been profitable to him to an extent over the last decade. Yeah, So yeah. it's not, it's, once again, it's not like, it's like, he's not well known, but he's been successful. Yeah, he's looking for, he's not, he's... He even if he's living paycheck to paycheck, it's less of a money issue for yeah. him. Like it, it really is. Um, he he's wanting to overcome this misunderstanding of what he's capable of. Um, he doesn't want to be you know the butt of jokes anymore. Even though they are you know har relatively harmless, they aren't they aren't dragging his name through the mud or anything. They're just you know kind of poking fun at the fact that. He he says that he chops a hundred times, but he really doesn't. It's just the one, um, and that's all that they see. So he's just wanting to set the record straight. That's really all that the dude wants. Yep. <laughs> well, in addition to, he thinks that possibly if he were to set the record straight, that he might grow in popularity, which is not a bad 
Uh, I don't think that that's an incorrect assumption on his part. Um, so Hatsume gets an idea, and she uses her two classmates uh, as tools um, and creates a camera that looks like a demonic Navi. It does. To, to have him follow him around and to show, you know, you know the world, like, the final moments on the job. And then, so he, he goes out because he gets a, was it? Yeah, uh, he gets a call about a, a villain. He goes out. Um, he takes care of it so fast, and he's just like, ah, oh, it's done. Like, as boor and I do like the line, as boring it finishes ever. Ah, so this is yeah. how the curtain falls. From and he's, he's, like, very sad, but he's like, okay. And then, and they show up, and they're like, hey. So, uh, like, that was awesome. But you need to listen to this. Because apparently, apparently this thing went viral in minutes. Because we see that, like, the police have yeah, to show up. Yeah, it was up. A, a live broadcast yeah. or some such. Um, because everybody's like, oh my god. Oh, you actually do hit them a hundred times. Like, what the heck? And then, we, and then we see it. Then we see, like, a still of it. And I'm like, that is, that is not how he acts. What? <laughs> yeah, it looks a lot more aggressive than he actually presents. Yes. And, I, and, and at this point, at this point, Stain is like, oh, I'm gonna come for him. But I mean, I'm in jail. <laughs> but if I if I wasn't, he'd be on the list. Yeah, but I like that the the public responds positively to him. They're like, you were such an awesome hero all along, and they apologize for poking fun at uh, fun of him and look forward to seeing him perform more in the future. Um, and this is where Kaminari, who was really bummed um, by the suggestion that Black Belt might quit, says, "So are you still gonna quit or no?" and he retracts the statement. He backpedals some, and uh, the the three UA students are are pretty pretty pleased with this outcome. So they they say, if you need any more items, then just come to us. And his last statement, uh, in fact, last sentence of the the chapter is next stop, Popularity Town, which is where I think that he's he's really asking for stay to come and, and hunt a, him it's down a, as soon and as it's he's a able. Real to. shame that he had his hero's license revoked for abusing the system after this. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I think kidding. the I'm silliest kidding. thing, the, the silliest so thing about this chapter, though, is like the the solution to his problem is a camera. He, you tell me, over the course of ten years, he never or nobody else uh, ever had the idea. Hey, let's let's video well, you doing this admittedly, thing and do our best to catch a still image. It was get it a high in. speed camera like that is called out. I Again, will grant it that. But Again. at the same time, did you did you not think about filming a demonstration? Like I get right. somebody on the street is not probably not going to be carrying around a high speed camera. Not everyone is the slow mo guys, but you couldn't have like done a demo or something. Or as like a, a member event? of the pro hero community, he there's it. I do not allow for for the chance to exist that he didn't have some connection somewhere where he could have done exactly this 10 years ago <laughs> like or maybe the technology wasn't there 10 years well, ago i was gonna say five maybe, years ma ago i was gonna say maybe not 10 years ago but at least five years ago just for like knowing people in the uh like hero the space because we like genuinely we do not know how, he, like, the only picture we have of his backstory is him just leaving to go do this. We don't know if he attended a university, if he did some other program to get his hero's license. But if he's been operating and successful for 10 years, you're absolutely correct. He should have been able to do something with a high-speed camera years ago. Yeah. Oh, a camera. 
Like that's how but it would steal us. That's how it comes across in this chapter. It's like, what? Why why is this revelatory? Like that should have been a mission from very early on. Even if he couldn't accomplish it early on because of limits in technology, eventually or or you know, using somebody's quirk in the world, uh somebody that could maybe slow his motions down. Or what uh, wasn't there an OVA or a filler episode where there was a dude who just was able to make cameras with his body? I, I don't, um, I don't remember that. But you know what I, I do know about this. It's very weird that he releases the seek that he's like telling. He's so desperate that he tells people the secret of his quirk, because his quirk seems so <laughs> mundane. Yeah. But once you know what it is, it's like, oh, now I want to see him against O'Clock. I, I want to, I right. want to see that matchup now. But also, O'Clock... Yeah, you wouldn't even have to get somebody that could capture it itself. You could get multiple witnesses who are able to perceive those movements to back him up. So he has all of these roads to have, like, validated his claims for years. And it takes a high school girl to say, camera, uh, and (laughs) fix his problem. Like, that just seems so dumb. He's an absolute joke. But back to the earlier question. Okay, so, so... I think we've we've settled on he probably continued to to fight with the whole no man's land thing. Do you think mm-hmm. by the end of the latest season he is still alive, or do you because th- we because we know heroes have died in no man's land? That's not me giving spoilers. That is straight up reference that sometimes we've sent people out there and they don't come back, and we're not sure if they've quit and run off to like a different shelter or if they just didn't make it back. I mean, there's there's certainly room for him, like like to to use Kaminari's argument, he works best from a place where he isn't known to exist, you know. So if he's out in the open and people are just running free reign, I don't know that his quirk is particularly well suited to that. We also don't know what the like what the limit of his quirk is. Can he do it once and there's a cooldown? Can he do it with both hands? Um, you know, we we don't really know what his full uh, full capabilities are because we see him chop a totally willing uh, person in Kaminari, and then somebody who doesn't present with a cork at all. The, or the at least robber. not a co- combat. So related. I don't know how he would stack up against somebody that had a cork, even a mobility quirk. You know what I mean? So he definitely has some limits. He's a street level hero. Like I don't think that he would argue anything but that, even with the the no, fullest he, knowledge he of what a his street quirk level hero is and does. Who has a power that could potentially take down people out of his weight class. He's he's just not utilizing it in a way that could do that. Right. Imagine if uh if Fast Fist was incorporated into uh one for all. Oh that's disgusting. I, I'm not sh- that that's that's bully behavior. <laughs> like yeah. like that that right there is oh yeah I'm I'm uh like Superman and I'm well I'm not as fast as the flash. Uh I'm gonna go into like a limited the limited uh flash time I can and just punch you a bunch and then just mm-hmm. stop that for a second and just watch you dissolve. Yeah, all for one would have, I would think, an interest in this quirk if he was on really honestly, aware of it. So he it, probably would have, because it's it is a powerful quirk. So maybe it's in Black Belt's best interest that he wasn't so popular, because if he were, he probably wouldn't have that quirk anymore. Honest you're not <laughs> now he's, you're not wrong. Because it's like, oh, if you could do that with like his, if we're thinking of just the, just like his his fight in season was it two or three with All Might the when he had the giant meat fist yeah 
Now imagine yeah. him being able to swing that. Even if he can't swing that a hundred times in the blink of an eye, let's give it fifty. Let's cut it in half. Yeah, because there, there's some other physics there. Right. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So what we've what we've decided after discussing this is he has just set him up himself up to either become corkless or dead by all for one or staying in that order. Well, staying at this point locked away. Well, they have the provisional licenses. So by default, that means that, which means at the moment, so is all for one. But in no man's land, um, he might get captured and it could be like, a, oh, hey, if you can capture heroes like that have decent quirks, like here's a list of all the heroes and here's some decent quirks. If you can get that and bring it to me, I'm going to make you rich yeah. or I'm going to give you a position of power because you're reliable. Well, sorry, Black Belt. Um, you, you made some poor decisions. Oh, yeah. No, like straight straight up. If you were a stealth hero, I would be like, he is not street level. He is above street level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if you were ninja, well, black not, belt. Not even that. Like if he was like an ambush, just in general, an ambush hero. We, we may never know, because I think our best guess is, based on what we've seen, he probably died in No Man's Land. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get into mission number 21, because I think that this is the best chapter in any team-up volume so the far. The only thing that rivals this is the one that had Melissa. The, okay. Uh, the, yeah, the, you're the a big first Melissa one. Shield fan. What? I said, I know, you're a big Melissa well, Shield fan. It's the fan. fact that in that one, you had like All Might, you had... Um, david shield and like the one where it's like clearly we've gone back in time like yeah like that bonus one that it's like why is this in team up missions but okay <laughs> i like that one more but notice how that Ooh. doesn't have anything to do with team up missions yeah this this one i i love this chapter i actually read it more than once and i can't remember the last team up mission <laughs> chapter that i did that for so i'll be honest uh, <laughs> i did too Oops. and once again the melissa shields one is the only one like the first that one, you not think the second rivals one. this one, yeah, yeah. Well, this one's called Dodge Day, um, and Mark and I were talking beforehand that this is this is a trope within a lot of like super powered uh, mediums. So, especially if there's uh, a is, school involved, yeah. So you got UA, you got super powered individuals, um, and they're going to play dodgeball against one another. And this harkens back to like the X Men playing baseball. We even have seen UA play yes. baseball. And that um, one, I want to say, they were like, they even said we were going for an X-Men vibe. Like, the director yeah. was like, I wanted to do an X-Men. <laughs> yeah, it, and it totally worked. Like, it was really good. Um, so this, this trope works for me in general. So when, when I walked into the chapter and the frame is established on, like, page two, I was like, there's no, I'm going to have a really hard time not liking this. They would have to go out of their way to not incorporate quirks in cool ways to make this actually suck. And they can we didn't. Talk about this um, because, spread? yeah, yeah, you can. Go for it. Uh, I would get a poster of this. Okay. <laughs> I love this so much. It's so dynamic. Well, do you, are you going to uh, describe it yes. for the listeners or just uh, leave no, it No, they have to read it themselves. <laughs> no. Um, so it is, uh, we have Sarah with his tape coming down swinging against uh, Shoto, who has his ice and it's coming up. And they're both in their school, like, athletic uniforms, so it feels very sports festival. Yes. Oh and it's gosh. like, okay, okay, let's go. We're, get, we're getting round two. We're yep. getting the rematch. And that, um, they even pay verbal homage to that in the chapter. Um, yes. Pointing it out, just in case you forgot the fact that they faced uh, one another in the uh, 
in the sports fest. But yeah, just this frame is so good. Um, they've done it in Dragon Ball Super and Dragon Ball Z, maybe, um, where like it's just Super Saiyans playing baseball. And that that oh, yeah. concept of taking the super powerful um, or the supernatural and making them do something really mundane, um, it works for me. And I think part of the reason why the school briefs are so bad um, is that they have these children with all this potential and they aren't showing them doing mundane things with it. They're just doing mundane things and like quirks are tangential. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things that Adam and I did for a while um, early on in the AMP was come up with just mundane quirks, like powers that aren't, you're not going to be a pro hero with them, but they let you do something that's pretty, pretty useful or whatever the case might be. And that's, that's cool as a, as like a gimmick, but if you're going to entertain somebody, make the super powered people use their powers to do something totally mundane and make it fun. Like explore what the, what the powers can do inside of this task. Uh, so this chapter would have absolutely sucked eggs if they said, uh, no quirks allowed. I, I might've just turned my iPad off if they had done that actually, because then it would have felt like a big old tease that I'm getting this trope that I love so much. Uh, and then they're, and then they can't use their quirks. Uh, but no, it, it's it's dodgeball, and they're gonna pick these teams, and they're gonna go at it. And quirks are allowed for anybody that is still in the game, and it's it is really well executed. And I give them credit. I would say that nineteen of the twenty students get a moment. Technically, all twenty of them do. Aoyama, it gets a one moment where he says a thing, but he doesn't do mm. anything else. Everybody else at least does something through this, and I I appreciated that. Because one of the biggest problems with this series is we have this main class cast of 20 people, and we only ever use six of them. Maybe seven on an occasion. I will take it further in getting ahead um, a little bit from where we are in the coverage. I loved the fact that they took the two main students in 1A and took them out of the game in the first panel. Oh, it was so good! So, like, Midori and Bakugo are out immediately. And then you get to see everybody else that gets far less attention in the manga and the anime than those two do doing things. And I love that. I, I've, I've said it a million times on uh, the AMP is that I think one of my heroes, uh, some of my heroes greatest moments are when it isn't just about Midoriya or it isn't just about these three students or even like you were saying up to six or seven at a time when you see the whole class, everybody getting uh, their moment to be utilitous and useful. Um, those are the times that I think that this, uh, that I enjoy the most. They may not be the most dramatic, but they're the most fun. Um, and this is an yes. example of that. Yes. So they're all excited. And then present Mike is just, he's just there that day because, because of course he is. Yeah. Um, Gotta have commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's the, cause there are no other students at the school doing things. Um, <laughs> Nobody needs English today. Uh, but they are they are playing uh, dodgeball. Quirks are allowed if you are if you are still in. If you are out, you can you can still do some stuff on the sidelines, but you you can't use your quirk. Right. Uh, was it like if a sideline player gets an opponent out, they can come back in bounds. A, a thing that never actually happens. I don't think like, so. Like, I, I get explaining all the rules, but the fact that they dedicated a panel to, like, showing it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, this is a Chekhov's gun. 
Like it's yeah. one thing if it's like, oh, we're going to explain all the rules just in case somebody doesn't know what it is, but this is a very common thing. We're just speeding through it, and that happens to be one of them, as opposed to dedicating an entire panel to it. Yeah, it's either that they were just covering the bases for, you know, the the classic set of rules for dodgeball in Japan, um, or they there was an instance where a sideline player gets an opponent out and they come back in, but it happens in a way that we it's not obvious to us that a sideline player accomplishes this task. Yes, and they also use this panel to explain a very important thing that this is not necessarily like a a, a rule for Japan, but this is a rule that Aizawa's like. Hey, because we're using superpowers, uh, yes. like uh, it was like note that you're out of the game if you hit someone in uh, the head or face. There are no exceptions. I do find it interesting that it's like they're also out, but I guess uh, that makes sense. And then we get to see what the teams are as we have Team X and Team Y. I think it would have been cooler if there was Team One and Team A. I think yeah. that would have been a, a better joke, but okay. Um, on Team X. Okay, let's see. Can I remember everybody's name? We have Kaminari, we have Ojiro, we have Koda, uh, Mina, Jiro, uh, Mineta, Saro, Kirishima, and Midoriya. Dude, you forgot somebody. Oh, you oh, just Hakakari. pulled a Shoto. <laughs> you just pulled a Shoto, and that'll make sense at the end of this chapter. <laughs> that was the entire plan. Yeah, that's hilarious. Oh, I legitimately just um, looked yeah. right through her. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Hagakuri if if I spoke over you uh answering that. Yeah, she's there. She's clothed at the time or at at for the time being, she's clothed. Um and then Team Y has Aoyama or Sir does absolutely nothing in this chapter. Um we have Seto, we have uh Shoji, Shoji. and I'm like hero name, not using his hero name. I need to remember these names. We have Sue, we have right. um Uraka. We have Ida, we have Momo, we have uh, Tokuyami, I keep going to his first name. We have Shoto, and we have Bakugo. And Mineta is frustrated with this team uh, setup, which was randomly um, designed. designed by like, lots. Yeah, these are random yeah. lots. Um, because the other team, so Team Y uh, for him, he's on Team X, got all of the best offensive quirks, and they're talking specifically about Sato, Bakugo, and Momo. And uh, really, all Team X thinks that they have going for them well, is admittedly, as so far their as initial offensive plan is, quirks. They they do specify as yes. far as offensive quirks the only thing they have going for them. Right. Um, so their original plan is to just protect Midoriya um, because he's he's their only hope of taking uh, other people out on the on the team uh, on Team Y. And so they they come up with this idea that Midoriya is the only person that they're going to have on offense. We have uh, Saro and Kirishima are going to be on defense. I don't know that that's a good role for for Kirishima. Uh, I think I like, think the plan there is that he is a meat shield, honestly. Yeah, but it's only good for one hit. You know, like Saro. I think if 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 his tape counts as as not a part of his person, then he could slap balls or catch balls with his tape, and it and he could take he could be defensive more than once. Kirishima can just take a hit, and he, and it's dodgeball, so they're not shooting I rockets I think it's generally. more just as, like, a, what would he be best at on this team? It's, like, as a, la, as a desperate meat shield for Midoriya, given their, mm. their formation. Yeah, then, then they have Hagakure, Kaminari, Mineta, Jiro, and Mina are all in support. And on the sidelines t- team, part, part of their roles, I guess, is Ojiro and Koda. 
which I thought was weird that people started in the sidelines. I thought that the way that that would work is that everybody would start in. If you got hit, you would step out and then take over that sideline role. But they start people on the sideline. I, I or... guess because they, they're starting two, which which in the next page gets very confusing. But we also do not see what the breakdown for the yeah. other team is, which which leads us to make some some guesses because there's there's definitely two people on the other team who we. Aoyama being one of the other sidelines, and then Shoji has to be the other one because we see, um, like after like okay, we have our game plan, game plan, and they're they're getting started, and then we see that the lines have been drawn for it, and then we see that Koda, who is one of the people on who's supposed to be you know on the sidelines, because we even see Ojiro on the sidelines, and uh, Shoji, yeah, he's they yeah, are in, up the in the center, like they go to the center for um the opening jump, like I'm not I'm not sure how that's supposed to be supposed to go, like. What was what was point of this? Like, is it something where it's like you both go for it, and then whichever one gets it first, it goes to that team, and then those two players just go to the sidelines? Like, is it maybe it's just supposed to be a mechanic? So it's like okay, so like these two players can't like just immediately get each other out. It's like a tip off in basketball. Except the two players, it's like as soon as they get rid of the ball, have to leave the court. Yeah, they go to the bench. <laughs> But uh, Shoji ends up winning the tip-off, and he smacks it to Bakugo, who immediately shouts, You damned minor leaguer, and blasts it straight into Midoriya's face. Which just occurs to me that, yeah, they're both on the opposite side of the, the team. Yep. Yeah, so they're, they're, your, your bench, or your, your out, is on the opposite team's side. Um, I just realized that. But yeah, um, and he, he spikes it into Midoriya, and there is... There's a lot of blood. Um, he gets Yamchud. Yeah, he does. He's laying on his side, like curled up almost fetally. And uh, they do the funny gag where Midoriya's ghost is like trying to fly away. And one of them grabs the tail end of it. And it's just like, stay here. And to be clear, he is very, I mean, we don't get to see the full of it, but that is very much the Yamcha pose from, from an angle. Yeah. Yeah, rotate it around a little bit. And and his it like like yeah they're grabbing his spirit uh, to keep it and and just you have his teammates panicking because he's actually hurt. Yeah, and so now Aizawa informs you know Bakugo is thinking that he just got Midoriya out and he did, but Aizawa says, well you hit him in the face so you're out too. So now uh, Midoriya is out for his team. Their only offensive tool, at least in their original team formation, um, but Bakugo is also out, which really the the real the real treat of this is that the two main protagonists in class 1A that get all of the attention are sidelined immediately. So we get to see the rest of the class two stuff. And I, that, that was one of my favorite parts of this chapter. It's so good. It makes, it genuinely makes me so happy. I'm kind of sick of them. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, no, because it's honestly, most of these chapters have been better. Not all. When we don't focus on the main two. Yeah, no, there, there oh, have no, been I, exceptions. I there have been exceptions. Yes. Um, Momo immediately goes on the offensive, creates a cannon, and shoots a ball at Kaminari, um, who is it, like it makes it connects with him, and he's out, and he starts asking the ref Aizawa if that's allowed, and he's like, "Yeah, she made it with her quirk." And so now there's a live cannon on the field. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, I'll say this: uh, it, it's Ness in the uh, the Discord, correct? Yes. yes, Ness is the the Mineta. Yeah, he's he's the Mineta. Yes. Fan. So once again, and when I say the Mineta fan, I mean literally the singular 
Minetta like, fan in the Discord. I, I have to say that once again, we have, a, we have a school event where he is on the same team as Mina and Midoriya, where he pulls the weight of the entire team, just, just like them versus 1B, which uh, that is one thing. It's like, I don't care for Mineta that much, but uh, he's the only reason they won that. And even the characters in universe don't acknowledge the fact that they would have lost without him. <laughs> like he kept the entire enemy team by himself occupied while they just sat yeah. there and then took all the credit. Um, I hate you. Yeah, he, I he hate you. It out. I hate you. Um, <laughs> but no, here he pull. He does so much. Like he, like he starts by pretty much trying to lay a minefield, which which Shoto burns. But his volume, like the amount he's throwing out, actually outdoes. Uh, Todoroki, which is hilarious. Like, yep. I'm not sure if it's, it's I'm not sure impressive. if it's the volume or if it's just the fact that he's throwing these at a ridiculous speed. There's so many of them. I love too that uh, the automatopoeia here is rip and like, yeet. <laughs> literally, I think in this whole chapter, he probably threw a hun literal hundred of these during this match. Oh yeah, he's like bleeding profusely from his scalp yes. here. Sure, um, and like he he looks panicked, and we see that it is actually tripping up the other team. Like Uraraka and uh, Togoyami, they get caught, and they're like, "Oh no!" And Sarah's like, "This is perfect," as he manages to tape he tapes the ball because it's their ball to him, and he manages to double tap them, and he gets both of them out, and Mineta is just gone mad with power. Yeah, behold the power of the mighty Mineta. And everybody on this team is like, "Good job!" Or, "Oh God, your skull, your scalp is actually really bleeding." I am concerned. Like when Jiro, like I believe Jiro's like, uh, "I'm actually a little concerned for his health right now." Like this is more blood than right. normal. Two of that team have ended up bleeding significant uh, amounts yes. of their own blood. Um, at this point, and Jiro is actually the next person that is out, which. I never appreciate because I think I Jiro's the best I want to point out girl. that apparently the ball bounced up off of her earlobes, and I would like to know yeah, what I kind of tell. backspin that is. I would think that what this what this panel is trying to communicate is that she almost reflectively swatted it with oh, her. Oh, you know, I hadn't um, thought just about as like a self profession because it says whap, and so she could have been kind of smacking it. But I think that you know, she. I don't think that any of them have equipment, so like. She she doesn't have that. If she had her boots or or anything, she could have used sound to basically be unhittable. Um, but I think that this ball Sato throws it at her, uh, possibly when she's paying it that attention to Mineta. And it the way that I interpreted that panel was she reflexively and defensively kind of swatted at it. Um, and okay. It does and, cause and her to be that out makes this next strike. panel uh, one that I didn't understand make more sense because I think what this is showing is is that. Like, Saro, because that's, that's his hair, he threw it, and then it got reflected, and then Ojiro caught it. Refle oh, no, no, she, she, like, she hit it with her lobes, because we see the, the ball bounce uh -huh. away from her. And I think yeah. Ojiro then caught it, because we don't actually see it land, and that explains why nobody got out from when it was caught. Or, or so like you said, the people on the sidelines are on the enemy side, and she looks at him. Sarah wins up with the ball. Let's let's okay. assume that for a second, because that makes sense of Jiro saying, pass it to oh, me on the sidelines. Sarah. Sarah goes to do that, but it's intercepted by Ojiro. Who's on his team. 
He's That's what I was Sarah's saying on the sidelines, and I was like, right. "Oh, did she knock it over, then it catch it, or is like, or is that Sarah throwing it to the the person on the sidelines, which could also be valid?" Yeah. And the, my one of my yes, grapes, he does because he one of my Ida grapes with that we, ball. we just gotten rid of. But yeah, because he yeah. yeah he goes to try to throw it at Ida, and it's not working, and they realize it's a problem. And then Mina, it, it's great. She does it. She gets it done for the team. This is so scummy. Yeah. Oh no, this is great. This is this is a fantastic gag. Oh no, it's a fantastic <laughs> gag, but I'm also like, see, this is the reason I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, she but just, at the same so, time, getting it done for the team, good good job. Yeah, like, legit. So, Ida is zipping around, not being hit by any of these balls, and M- Mina just starts screaming, "Ah, Ida, hang on, stop, stop!" And because he's the rule follower that he is, he does. He stops. <laughs> And he's like, what? What is it? And that's when he gets uh, he gets bopped. Yep. And gets called out. Saro throws him out. Yeah. And she's like, mm. and Mina's just like, oh, nothing at all. <laughs> and then they call you. He's like, you schemer. And then this is. And then so then we have the. Uh, is it Team X? Team X was Bakugos. Yeah. No, sorry. We have Team Y. No. Yeah. Team kind of huddling up, team. and they're being like, oh, like we we didn't expect them to take out Ida at least like this, like. What are we going to do? And they're like, we need to deal with Saro. He is a problem. Yes. And so now she levels his or her cannon. It at almost him. feels like she made another one. It's so much bigger. It It is quite large. And she may well have made another one. That would seem, hmm, maybe that is advantageous if she just created a bunch of barriers because they use her quirk. Uh, yeah. No, no. That's the thing. That's the, she's that's the thing. It's like a bunch of obstacles. That's the thing. They're like, oh, she's offensive. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's the best defense. Unless, unless they would count, like, oh, if she made a shield, they're like, well, it hit your shield. Well, she uh, fires the shot at Saro, but Mina and uh, Kam- Kirishima inter- interpose themselves, uh, and they get double-tapped. Both of them are out with the, with the single shot. And uh, so uh, Kirishima on his way out is just like, hey, since peeps on the sidelines can't use their quirks, we need you in the game more than me, which makes all of the sense. Again, I I don't understand how his quirk does really well. I I think he was just just I think he was just a base, effectively a normal person there. Um, And Mina was like, and Mina's like, well, my quirk would end the game in a not fun way. So why would I use it? And then we get Mineta, who starts uh, ripping and yeeting again, shouting, you'll never take Sarah and from he's, us. He's going full <laughs> insanity. And it works because Sarah's just like, like, geez, guys, like, it's nice to feel needed as he manages to get. Um, it, was he not on the sideline? I don't understand which one of their other people was on the sideline first. Shoji, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The sideline thing. Bef- unless like, he got in at some point. That could what? Be. Then why was Koda? Whatever. Um, yeah. We had just the sideline thing was the oddest rule and visual in this entire chapter. Yeah, it's one thing to have it to like people get out, but to start with it, whatever. Because if this is the case, then we never saw Koda get out. Uh, but then, yeah, no, we get uh, we get the fat. Yeah, Shoji uh, and Sato are out, and then we have Mineta as uh, Sarah's like like. Like, we got it. You keep going. He's like, I can't. Like, my scalp can't take any more of this. You got the And we, it looks bad. Like, that's a lot of blood. Like, that's a, his <laughs> scalp is He only has is one ju- ball protruding on his head right now. We've never seen him with that His few. scalp is just blood. And that's, yeah. like, and, and we look at his face and he looks exhausted. He looks, he looks ill. Like yeah. he's he's suffering from actual blood loss. It's not like the, oh, well, yes. You're right. Head wounds. <laughs> And they he's do a small bleed more, human. but I think at this point, like he is suffering from actual blood loss issues. 
is ooh, you know, I wonder is he, is he the only student in this chapter that actually comes up against his quirks um drawback? Um I think he's the only one that goes I that would, hard. I would say Saro. I would say Saro does technically. You think Saro does? Yeah. Um I would say like the fact that his tape uh, his tape, can, tape gets yeah. weaker. Well not even we, yeah. we, we'll get to that. Um Yeah. And Sarah's just like, no, you got him. We got him on the ropes. Like, don't give up yet. And uh, they, uh, Momo just fires, and uh, Sarah realizes it's going for Mineta. But Man- this is going exactly to Mineta's plan. This, oh, yep. he's he is genuinely like, if this if this was like an elimination series, he would be the villain this season. <laughs> he is the scheming villain who everything goes according to plan for as. As he's like his head's down, and he drops his head to make sure it hits him square in the face, and and Momo is like, "Oh my god, I am so sorry," um, and his t- her teammates are like, "He did that on purpose," and we see he did. Look how evil he is. We see he actually had two yeah. of the two of his 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 grapes still, but he's like, "Took her down with me." I love to, I forgot to point this out in the uh, last chapter, but there were some instances where Kaminari was speaking and there was a lightning bolt in the uh, oh, dialogue. Oh, yes. Yeah, the little, like, short And then here hand. we get, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I love that. And in, in, the, in this one, where we got Ida's little glasses and, uh, and very pronounced eyebrows uh, in, in a word bubble saying, aha, another dastardly scheme. And uh, Saro's very appreciative. He's, he's been flattered. In this, by just the way that his teammates have have come out uh, to ensure his safety and and help him to secure the win, and now he's like, "Thanks for putting your face on the line, Mineta." But he says, "Oh, but crap! It's just me left." And, and the fact that he says this, it's like, no, he's baiting people. This this yep. is the trap. Um, because we because it's as far as present Mike is like, it's down it's down to this. There's only two players left. And it's a replay of the sports festival, and I love that they call it and showed it, showed it as like, it's just you and me. Reminds me of the uh, sports festival tournament. And Sarah just responds with, back then you didn't uh, let me pull any moves off. And then he goes for a big swing. He's like, uh, but even I want to show off sometimes Todoroki. Um, and this part is unclear, because it looks like Todoroki's catching the ball, but there isn't tape on it. Yeah. So, a little unclear here, but Whatever, it's possible that he threw it and it bounced, and then it just bounced up with a lot of force, and he used his, his ice to to keep himself from going too far. That's possible. Um, I'll, I'm going to give the chapter this benefit of the doubt because it's been so good. Um, and then he goes to throw it again. He's like, sorry, but this is serious business. I'm not prepared to lose. There's no tricks with this. It's just a good throw. And it goes right past Zero, and it catches his tape, as far as I can tell. It looks like it's attached. Ooh. But so, I don't see it attached before. Yeah, it is. It is. I the way that I interpreted that was, um, Saro basically dodges and goes ahead and attaches tape as the ball passes him by, so that he can oh okay basically yeah whip I it, see like straight oh. back. But the problem is that uh, the ball was thrown with so much force, and perhaps like you were saying, um, Saro has used his cork so much that it's beginning to take a toll on the quality of the tape that he's producing that it does manage to rip free. Um, and as a result that it came into contact with something that was a part of him, uh, and then comes out of contact with that thing. Uh, he is called out as his tape rips and, and I, the ball falls And then we get to, to this ground. page and I love how smug he is on this page because the other team, team Y is like, Oh, it's over. Like, like, you know, good going Todoroki. 
And Sarah's just like, oh, I hung there as best as I could. And then Present Mike is doing some counting. He's like, wait a second. This, there should be more people out for T-Max. Like, what? Uh, and then we see the evil look like through the, like, the, the shadow from his hair onto his face. He's like, wish I could have been the one to beat you, Todoroki, but this game isn't over yet. And everybody's just like, oh, right, we have an invisible yes. classmate. <laughs> Who, uh, a fully nude, invisible girl is now standing on, uh, on still on the court across from Todoroki, and we see that the uh, ball that was laying and on I the ground like the rises up. Like, and, if you're gonna, you, it was well played. Yes. yes, it was excellent strategy. And so uh, she doesn't just throw this ball though, because that would be. Well, I was going to say more excellent whipping, but yes, also ex- excellent strategy. That, that, yeah, that too. But she. She doesn't just throw the ball because that would be a strategic mistake. She is at a severe, she would remain at a disadvantage, but she says, let me tell you, dodging all those throws, um, literally every throw, um, because as she tried to keep her nudity a secret, I guess, uh, she does the solar flare. (laughs) Yeah. So she, she flashes him, which there is some double entendre there. I think that that is intentional. Yes. But, um, I should, so she, Go ahead. I was going to say, I should say, she just, I mean, it's not that she doesn't do a good throw, like, or, but it's just, it's just straight on, just fast throw. Cause he's like, okay. Cause everybody's like, catch this. And he's pretty much like, like, I've got this. And it's yeah. like, that's the point. You were looking at the ball, not yep. at me. And so she, she flashes him using her quirk. Uh, and it is as effective as the solar flare is, which is to say, super effective. Yes. Maybe the most effective move in all of Dragon Ball. And uh, she she doesn't even have to throw it hard. She just tosses it at him, it bonks him on the shoulder, and he's out, which means Team X wins. Yes. And uh, I'm going to be honest, uh, Mineta, the bleeding on Mineta's head is looks worse in the little yeah panel. Like, if you look at the side, it's like, oh, that's... Yeah, dripping it's down. Like, oh, <laughs> he needs medical attention. Uh, that's a, that is a, he's about to get some smooches. I was going to say that is like a 15, 16 year old who, who needs a blood transfusion. Nah, man, just a couple, couple of pecs from a recovery girl. He'll be, he'll be all right. Uh, You know, I'm not sure how that works with her as far as a blood loss, but that's a good point. I just realized how long is I, how long have I been paying attention to my hero? It's been the three or four years that we've been doing this on the AMP. Recovery Girl's been around pretty much the whole time. Yeah. And I just now realized that she kisses things and makes them better. Wow. Like, I understand that that's what her quirk is, but I'd never formulated it in those with words the, with before. The, with the joke? With the, with the joke of it is? Yeah. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and here we are, 140 episodes in, and Atkins finally gets the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, and because of team up missions of all yeah. <laughs> it's not she's not even in it it's just she's us not talking even about in it, it. <laughs> good lord oh. you guys feel free to call me idi- an idiot in the comments uh so anyway geez wow i am uh i'm legitimately embarrassed i even feel like my <laughs> face is a little hot right now like i'm blushing that I, that i never formulated oh her cork in those terms oh. before good lord i'm glad we're not video recording this right now Jeez. Oh. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Bakugo is super angry at Shoto, and Shoto's like, I, like, sorry I got careless, but, uh, and then Sarah's like, you were the one out first, dude. You didn't get out because you got hit. You got out because you disqualified yourself. 
That is true. I like that uh, we do get some very in-character responses from Ochako and Ida and um, even Tokoyami. Uh, yes. Ochako says, good try, gang. They were tough customers. And Ida says that they uh, they were successful because of their cunning tactics. And Tokoyami's like, no shame in losing. Uh, all those were, I felt, were very in-character. And then we have a final little exchange between Saro and Todoroki to close down the chapter where Todoroki admits, I never caught on to your strategy. And Saro says, hey, I won't lose next time. No, no, uh, that's 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 Shoto saying, I w- but I won't lose next time. Oh, did I get those two speech bubbles mixed up? Oh, no, no, they're, they're, they're for the same person. It's just there's no oh, gotcha. speech bubble going to Saro, which means that it's probably to Shoto. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so the last line is just Saro saying, hey, this time you're the one hearing good try, which is just... Yeah, then that's that's part of the reason Ooh. why, like, the, the other one, it's like, he wouldn't be saying that if he's saying, if he said he lost. True. Yeah. True. Oh, man, this chapter was an absolute delight. There I said I it. I would love Team to Mission... see this one animated. Yes, yes. Team Up Mission uh, number 21 is legitimately good. Um, so much fun to read, a lot of fun to cover. Uh, it again, it's just that trope works for me almost every time. So, and they did it well. They didn't dial. They didn't. They didn't dial things back because it can be done just, poorly. But oh, this was. Oh yeah. This was like oh, I'm having fun reading an old X Men comic of them just kind of doing, just having fun and playing a sport sport ball game because they did several. Um, that I was like, no, no, I like this. Yes. Excellent. It's, in my opinion, uh, it is the best that Team Up Missions has had to offer. In your opinion, you think the, the Militia Shield Honestly, one after is... talking about this one, I'm like, mm, he might be right. It might be this one. Oh, it might yes, be this one. This, Come over this, to the dodgeball side. This is the bar. This is the bar for Team yes. Up Missions, which is probably unfortunate <laughs> because it wasn't a Team Up Mission, but it was so much yeah, fun. And s- this could this is the kind of content that does belong f- as far as flavor is concerned inside of school briefs but it would not have been nearly as much fun to read in school briefs as it was to Correct. see in Correct. even if missions. the writer of school briefs was better there i said it uh, <laughs> yeah. writing a dodgeball oh, game oh bad i it probably could be done it can almost assuredly be done i've read enough battle scenes in different like books to be like no i love that seeing it animated right. that that could either make it better or that could that could lose something from it because of how good it was written yes this was so much Man. better to be seen and i uh d- now it makes me a little upset that it's like why are we getting a card game ova when we could be getting a volleyball mm. ova <laughs> yes uh I-, I haven't seen that ova yet have you no Okay. I'll be honest. I think it comes to Crunchyroll in the seen, next month or I don't so. Think, I was gonna be like, "Have I seen the other OVAs?" And like, "Yeah, I have seen the other OVAs." Yeah, we've covered all of them so far. That one hasn't released where we could watch it yet. It was like a theater only thing, uh, and we did not make it to that. Neither Adam nor I. But um, that's gonna cover all that we're intending to cover tonight. There are more missions yet to come in Volume Four. Uh, just, is it just two? Uh, more? It is just two more, and at least one of them okay. appears to be an actual team up mission. Get out. I won't believe it until I read it. That's fair. That's fair. Given the track record, <laughs> given the fact that in this in this volume, they've had to be like, it has been so long since we did an actual team up mission. Right. And it's like, okay, you could interpret that in universe as the people saying that, 
But that's the writer talking yeah. directly to the reader. Well, we will cover 22 and 23 and also any extra um, Tonkabon bits. I don't believe that there in two weeks. are any. I, th- I want to say that the only extra Tonkabon bit is like an afterwards and then like a single page. There's like literally two pages. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll cover them, we'll, though. Yeah, we'll give it. We'll throw some verbiage at it. But that's going to do us for episode 140 of the AMP. Thanks again, uh, Mark, for joining us. You want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? Because um, I don't think I remembered to ask you that in the last episode. Uh, that's my bad. Sure. You can find me on the internet primarily on uh, the website formerly known as Twitter. Um, also known as Twitter. Uh, at yes. ChaliNX. That's at C-H-A-L-I-O-N-X. Um, you can also find Hero Notes there, though. The last couple episodes are just going to be stuff you've already listened to from here. <laughs> um, but you can find that uh, like uh, at at Hero Notes Pod um, on on Twitter as well. And and yeah, I was going to say the weird science I will stuff, but all that stuff. Links to both is... of those spaces in the uh, in the show notes, so that people can find you on one click should they so desire. Well, I appreciate and if you that. if you do get any extra followers in the next week or so, just know. They are they are courtesy of the AMP. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo for a defunct podcast. Um, <laughs> that that will probably have uh, a hope of maybe potentially theoretically allegedly five percent chance of having a final episode once the series is over. Oh, I'm already looking forward to that. I you I won't really be able enjoyed... to listen to it for years because of the anime. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, so a week from. This episode's release, Adam and I will be back on the Kaio Cinema Train covering Dragon Ball GT, A Hero's Legacy. Um, it is an absolute verifiable garbage I'm so fi- sorry. Uh, dumpster fire, <laughs> um, but we're, we're covering it because that's what we've decided to do. So uh, if you're interested in anything Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, GT, Super, we're covering all the movies uh, and OVAs and even illegal, um, non-licensed live-action movies from other Asian countries. Um, oh. It's been a fun project that we're almost finished with, and then we're going to pivot into one or two other directions. We'll see. But uh, that's that's going to do it. We're going to hang a hat on 140 and hopefully see you guys in two more weeks for 141, where we will again be joined by Mark, because he has no choice in the matter, and we'll cover missions 22, 23, and then whatever other fiddly bits there is in Team Up Missions Volume Number 4. But for now, we'll see you guys later. Mm-hmm.